They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome back to the show, Anderson. How you doing today, brother? It's been a bit. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, last time we spoke, the world was not on fire how it currently is. <laughs> today is September 28th, 2020, yeah. 6.50 Eastern Standard Time. And last time you were on, Anderson, we did we talked about Stoicism and the Stoics and I really like that episode. I, the, the, the stoic sense have been interesting me because it's it applies to everything. And I love that approach of just letting the universe do its thing. The logos do its thing. And just don't stress over the things that you have no control over. That's right. I mean, I, I think that's the main reason why it's making such a comeback in the past uh, 75 years now. It's had a huge resurgence. It just it makes sense with where we are today as well. And uh, like you said, uh, you know, let the logos do its thing. All we can control is ourselves. Do you have reason? Then use it. Yeah. And I just love the different. I love that one idea two separate groups of people can take it and and interpret it in their own way logos for the christians how we talked about last time was a was a personal relationship with it god logos and to the stoics they with logos was just the universe something that uncontrollable unfamiliar and it was just a roll of the uh, roll of the dice and i just i just love that right like plato's the republic i think we talked a little bit about it over Skype about Plato's The Republic, how two different individuals, the Nazis used it, as well as Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. And we obviously know what those two <laughs> groups, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, that's that's so different, and it's going to relate to what we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. Before we dive in, Anderson, can you give people your information? We're going to be talking today about your book, 
your duality within and it's got a what's the full name can you <laughs> so uh the book title is volume two your duality within the subtitle is a study of your two inner and opposing internal voices uh i i like long subheaders you know the first book i think it was um uh a guy uh a guide to an anxiety-free life and then the third one is learn to control your world for an anxiety-free life I'm a big fan of long subtitles because it's um, in French, we say point two, you know, it, it really, the title itself kind of, if, you, if you're into stoicism and you hear your dichotomy of control, you're going to know mm. what it means. If you hear your duality within, you're going to know what it means. Yeah. So, uh, but the title is, yeah, your duality within, it's all about the, the, the two minds we have inside. Um, it's a, it's a topic that philosophy and philosophers have been covering since the ancient Greek uh, days till, till you know through the René Descartes all the way to the Albert Camuses of recent times and uh, uh, today it's st it's still a thing and it's a yeah. theme we see in uh, everywhere but I'm getting a little ahead of myself here share your share your social media and then we'll we'll dive in and just go and, and sure. your social media and also your uh, websites where people can find your work sure out. so you can find me on I'm pretty much everywhere now, uh, Twitter, Reddit, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I'm, I'm even on TikTok now, thanks to my daughter. At <laughs> <laughs> Anderson Silver Author, you can find me on social media. And um, I re I'm still doing the weekly articles and I still have the uh, podcast. I'm, on, I'm releasing season two currently. Mm -hmm. uh, all of this, including my contact info, can be found on my uh, Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Anderson Silver. Uh, yes, I centralize my stuff on Patreon because some of my followers do support me, but everything is free. So go on now and check it out. Stoicism for a better life. Nice. And I'll post that in the description as always. So whoever wants to, I, I believe that these books, Ryan, I thought your newest one was already out and you told me, cause I saw you post about it. So I was like, oh wow, it's, it's already out. I was like, perfect timing. We'll do this. And then I'll read that and we'll do a, 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 an episode on that new one. So. I'll post that in the description. And it's funny you mentioned Rene Descartes because I was doing a research on him a while back. What is it? Cartesian philosophy? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. He was a mathematician, right? So he brought that Cartesian uh, uh, two-dimensional mapping to the world of philosophy. And he also thought that there was an evil demon that controlled everything, like the Gnostics, uh, like a demiurge. Well, he he didn't so much believe it as he used it as a mental exercise, right? Today, when we do the same mental exercise, we say, "What if our brain? What if we were in the matrix, or if our brain was in a vat?" In a vat, so yeah. Way, yeah. So the way he says it is, "Okay, fine. What if there's a little devil that's whispering little lies into my ear?" Uh, his whole shtick was, "What can I be sure of?" Because we know, you know, we can't really be sure about our reality. We yeah. can't really be sure about this, that, and the other. And so what he did, if I, I don't want to get off topic here, but I'll take 15 seconds. He, he took everything that he believes, put it in a box, okay, and then emptied the box, rejecting everything, basically, and then one by one, put back what he thought he could truly believe in, we could, we could truly know. And that's where cogito ergo sum comes from, because the only thing we can know is that our consciousness or our rational mind exists because we're thinking, right? His famous words, I think, therefore I am. Yeah, yeah, that's that's trippy, right? Like how you can, how you don't even know 
and that that's the main thing about the matrix and all these movies like what is real right that's the whole thing what is real and it's like yeah. well is it electrical impulses is it this is it that so the first chapter in the book was it the bizarre feeling yeah uh, th that bizarre feeling of and i've thought about that a, lo a lot of times where sometimes when you talk to yourself sometimes you have almost these morbid thoughts right of like <laughs> you're standing at the edge of a cliff and it's like what if i would jump off is that <laughs> is that that duality anderson is that that evilness within us that 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 subconscious within us that's doing that um Okay, so first, first point of clarification, I don't believe that there's an evilness in us. <laughs> uh, I think there is a, a, certainly a primal nature to ourselves. And uh, yes, uh, on to your point, you know, when we have these random thoughts, um, that question, and this, this, this might upset some people, but you thinking on the edge of that cliff, what if I did jump off? Some, you know, we want to think, oh, we get irked. Like, no, no, th these are bad thoughts. Let's not think about these. Yeah. Uh, I interpret that as clarity, of clarity of mind. Because really? we are, uh, we're walking corpses. We're little souls carrying around little corpses. Okay. We're, we're already dead. We're on borrowed time. And yeah. we conveniently, conveniently ignore this. We know we're going to die, but we pretend that we're not going to. And so we don't want to think about anything that's death or death related. And so having uh, clear, conscious thoughts about, well, what if I swerved a little to the right and hit that tree? I would die. Uh, I think it brings you closer to clarity than, than uh, the drudgery of our day-to-day -day, um, uh, rat race. Yeah. And it's interesting because you're talking about the day-to-day -day and, and just being how you said that rat race of just being all over the place. So it's not like what we're talking a little bit about the before we started. And with with this COVID thing happening, because the last time we talked, it was pre-COVID. I think it's really woken some people up to it's like everybody. It's like a double bladed sword where, for example, stoicism. What I like and don't like about it is that, yeah, don't stress about what you can't control. But then like. How much is too much to where you're reckless? Like, you know what I mean? Where do you draw that line? Like, I don't give a fuck about anything. So let me just <laughs> control what I can. But then it's like, well, when do you take responsibility? You know what I mean? Right, like, right, where right. do you draw that line? And then with this whole everybody being off of work, everybody wanted to come back. I wanted to start back. I want to go back to work. Again. I want to go back. It's like, do you really want to, though? Mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. this this brain this this numbing just every single day hour after hour bullshit like that's mm -hmm. all it is right like you it know is. what i mean like it, it's a weird it's a weird thing it's it's weird it is uh you're gonna love my third book man it's entirely about this it's about what we control how to control it and where we draw the lines and i make you know i kind of clarify because uh, at the first book i covered this at a very high level but the third book is about like okay we can't control that but we're here, we got to do stuff. So what do we want to do? How much do we want to do it? it? It explores this area. Um, as for the uh, daily drudgeries, you know, uh, you'll recall that I'm, I'm, I'm a socialist. Um, but, you know, I don't want to trigger people and be like, ah, oh, communism, yay. No, yeah. no, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's good ideas in Marxism. There's great ideas in capitalism. In fact, uh, 
I don't know if you see, well, you can see, your listeners can't, but over my shoulder is the Wealth of Nations over here. I read the entire 1,700 pages, okay? The way Adam Smith wrote capitalism is fantastic. What we have today is nothing like what he wrote. Uh, can you explain a little bit what that is? I'm not familiar with that, to be honest with you. Uh, so Adam Smith's um, Wealth of Nations is like the Bible for capitalism. What okay. uh, the Communist Manifesto by okay. Marx and Engels was to uh, uh, socialism is what Adam Smith, uh, Adam Smith's World uh, Wealth of Nations was to capitalism. So he put forth the capitalist idea. It didn't exist up until that time. He was from Scotland and he saw, uh, you know, because England went through the Industrial Revolution, um, because of their, uh, uh, you know, every other powerful nation in Europe, Spain, Portugal, uh, they were expanding into uh, and institutions, whereas England, because there was no resources in North America, because let's not forget, England got left the leftovers in North America. Nobody wanted North America. That's why England went there, because it was empty, and, because there were no resources and there yeah. were no indigenous people to enslave. And so um, now I'm going off on a tangent again, sorry. Uh, so, so England went through the Industrial Revolution because of their inclusive uh, uh, economic uh, institutions uh, and policies. Then Adam Smith saw kind of where this was going and said, you know, we're, we're so innovative now because innovation was never a driver ever in economics until the Industrial Revolution. And so he wrote how a capitalist society should be to best benefit everybody. And it's a very socialist system in fact mm. uh but the way we're doing it today nothing like it was it's supposed to be uh, end result we're going through this day-to-day -day monotonous mind-numbing totalitarian lifestyle yeah. okay we're not free anybody who thinks we're free because we get to check a box on a piece of paper and put it on a ballot does not understand the system we're living in because they're yeah. too tired they're too tired because we're at work eight, nine hours a day, every day. And when you come home, you don't have time to sit back and think about these philosophical questions. You just want to turn on the TV and watch the dynasty and, you know, fade away. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the problem. It's a very insidious totalitarian system. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always tell people that I go and you, you have such, you made such a great point where you're saying that you're too tired to think about these things, too tired to, think philosophically about the the origins of what you know what i mean like yeah. unless it truly interests you right if, if you're i have a little bit more freedom myself because i run a business so it's a little bit different for me but for the average person that works 60 hours a week 50 hours a week whatever plus has a family on top of that yeah. they're not going to be wanting to think about fucking stoicism or anything like that you know what i mean yeah. it's like oh, i just want like how you said just get in front of the tv and just repeat that cycle over and over and over again and it's unfortunate that we have to go through that. But I feel with these uncertain times at the moment, something's got to change. What is it going to be? I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm qualified to, to <laughs> talk on that. But but I don't, I don't know. You know, so something does have to change and something yeah. will. Uh, OK, so uh, before we move on to put a cap on this. So uh, m what Marxism truly is, and now we're going to put aside, I know there's people out there that are going to be like, la, 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 communism. But listen, for one second, uh, communism is a failed state of socialism. What communism yeah. was to socialism is what the USA economy today is, or USA politics is to what Adam Smith wrote. Okay, mm. uh, Marxism, at the end of the day, what he wanted to accomplish was 
uh, for people not to be tired after 40 hours of working the week they, that for people to be able to do what they want to do and pursue what they want to pursue that that's the dream and uh the more i study these things the more i'm also convinced we will get there but not through some type of revolution or some type of immediate change unfortunately it's going to be a slow steady uh, generation by generation shift towards you know more and more socialist democracy, and then a bourgeoisie socialism, and et cetera, et cetera. The way we get there is through education, is by having conversations like this. I mm -hmm. was the capitalist wet dream, let's not forget, before I got into stoicism, uh, I was executive, six-figure salary, I had the car, I had the house, I had the family, I was on top of the world, right? And yet I was dead inside. And that's what got me on my journey. So, um, I've been on both sides of the coin. Um, but uh, anyways, let us continue our education for your yeah. listeners. <laughs> so a a brief history and the study of the inner duality, how you're saying this goes back, way back to these philosophers that were trying to really understand what it is that's happening. I feel that quantum physics, for example, they're trying to correlate consciousness. What is consciousness? What is this? I forgot what you called it. I, I believe you called it a what's inside of us that doesn't have a body. I forgot, you had a, something a, more. There's something more that doesn't need like a, a physical body. That some that what, what you talked about the atheist that any atheist can argue about anything, but yeah. they they can't argue about that something more that's within us. Correct. And and I love I love having this discussion with people. Uh, uh, with uh, with with people who ident uh, identify themselves as atheists that believe in nothing, nothing, nothing. I said, really? Well, you're aging, right? And you're changing. Yet every time you look in the mirror, you still identify yourself as me. As so you, yeah. your body is changing. Therefore, there's something inside of you that you identify with. You just never took the time to realize that. It's not your body that you're relating yourself to. And that's what I'm referring to. Uh, so we can refer to it as the rational mind, the conscious mind, the spirit, the soul, the something more. Uh, later on in the book, I call it a tomato. Uh, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but it's there. And last time we spoke, you told me you were an, an atheist. Is, has that changed for you at all, Anderson? Um, uh, that, that must be a mistake. So I, was, I, I used to be an atheist before I started on you my journey. Uh, now I would not consider myself an atheist because I don't believe anybody is an atheist. I think it's just an idea <laughs> that's been planted by the the you know the the capitalist religion that we live in. Because the simple again the simple exercise of the ship of Theseus when you realize there's something more inside, then you become something else. You you, you no longer believe in nothing. Now yeah. I'm not saying I'm 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 you know am I spiritual? I don't know. I don't think a religious person would consider me spiritual. I believe in the cosmos. I believe in Spinoza's God, right? I believe yeah. that everything is one and whatever. The logos, um, everything. The, the logos. And uh, you you might have noticed in the way I write my books, I don't take one side or the other because no. Stoicism doesn't take one side or the other, and that's what I appreciate about Stoicism. It just it's like okay, well, call it whatever you want. I don't know where it came from the spirit or the soul. I don't know where it's going. Is there an afterlife or not? We can't know. Nobody knows. No one's been there. So you can't prove or disprove it. What Stoicism will tell you is don't know where it came from. Don't know where it's going. Don't know what it's made of. Don't care because I can use it to be a better person. So let's learn how to do that. Yeah, that, that it, it is what it is. What did Bruce Lee say? Be like water. 
just just go with the flow and just let life do its thing. And I guess I've been a yeah, and I must have misunderstood you last time. I thought that you said that you were an atheist because you didn't believe in anything. And then, because I because I had asked you what made you go to stoicism. Why mm-hmm. not go to like a religion like everybody? Oh, I I went to God and yeah. God. You know what I mean? Like, there's always. I found it really interesting that you were just like, oh, I'm just start practicing stoicism. I'm like, that's such <laughs> a weird thing to do because not the average person. When I was talking to my wife about it, and I and I I told her I was like, oh. She's like, when we record the episode, I was like, oh, it was with a, with a stoic philosopher. He, he does stoicism. And she's like, like a stoic person, like no feelings. And I'm like, because <laughs> I'd never heard about that before. Yeah, I had yeah, never yeah, yeah. come across it. I was like, I guess. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. And and I guess I've been a stoic for a better part of my life because I'm just yeah. kind of not free spirited, but more of just, like I told you before, just fucking go with it, you know, go with it. Yeah. And. And, you know, it's one of my favorite sayings that I quote in the book on, on all three books is go with, you know, we get upset when things don't go our way. So just mm-hmm. go with the way things are and then everything is your way. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and as far as the religion bit, just uh, again, the reason I didn't go towards religion is because it doesn't make sense to me. Why? Because I don't feel like I should have blind faith in something that I don't understand or see to be a better person, uh, to live a better life rather. Uh, so I'm neither on one end of the spectrum or the other. I really need something to make sense to me without having blind faith or because uh, even science, you know, to a certain degree, I have to have blind faith in what science says. We There are certain things where like, well, this is the way it is because it's the way it is. It can't be any other way. Right. Um, and, and stoicism is always, always in the middle of the spectrum. And, and, and it it accepts what we don't know but then firmly grasps what we're sure of and makes the most use out of it possible. Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not so focused on the mundane aspects of everything else. You're focused yeah. on, on, on the now and, and going after it. And I, I, that's what I love about it too. Cause I'm, I've always been a person that I'm neutral and I, I believe you talked about in, in the, in this book and, and excuse me, I should have taken notes, but uh, I didn't because I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to do it free where sure. people marry an idea and they yeah. just they're just so involved. With it. And I also saw today on social media, somebody they were talking about how nowadays we worship our politicians and it's almost like a cult like feeling uh, to all these people. Right. Like left, right, red, blue. I don't associate myself with any of that bullshit, because at the end of the day, it's like you said, if you really don't understand how the system works, they're playing you. They're playing mm-hmm. you. At the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Because like Mark Twain said, if it really mattered, they wouldn't let you do it. Yeah, <laughs> if voting exactly. really mattered, they wouldn't let you do it. It's it's a system that's created to just, just keep going and going. And that's it, you know? So what you're talking about, about not going after something and, and, and attaching yourself with the, with the whole religion thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're, you're familiar with, and I don't know how to say his name. But the simulacre and simulation guy, John, John Baldriller or something like that. I don't know how to say. I've never learned how to say his name. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Uh, no, but keep going. So simulacre and simulation is when when you pretty much assign a belief to a, a symbol. and But the only value that symbol has is the value you give to it. So just because you see a picture of Jesus doesn't doesn't mean it's Jesus. 
It's just a hollow fake symbol that you mm-hmm. yourself associate with Jesus. So you and in, in, in your eyes, it's, it's God. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the society we live in. We give value to if you really sit down and think about it, money. A piece of paper. It has no value other than the value that we give to it and it rules everything. Oh, oh, the value is backed by the Federal Reserve. Who the fuck is the Federal Reserve? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and people, you can literally do nothing in this life unless you have that piece of paper. That blows my fucking mind. Uh, and and uh, here I'll, I, I agree with you, but I'm going to disagree with that last part. So Diogenes, one of my favorite philosophers, Diogenes was a beast. Uh, he was the son of a banker and he saw this fake construct that we live in called society. He, he saw it for what it is, right? He is the most famous uh, cynic philosopher and the cynic school of thought. Basically, uh, they believed in just protesting and trying to wake up their fellow uh, uh, cosmopolitans against this fake construct we have. Because like you said, money, titles, a company, a company, right? A company, yeah. uh, well, I, IBM, huge company, right? Is it, What is a company? Is it a company? Like, is it just because papers are signed somewhere? No, it's because yeah. we all came together and agreed. Yep, IBM's a company. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, let's trade some stocks on the on this thing called the stock market. Let's all agree that this is a thing. That's okay. so fucking crazy. <laughs> like, once you put it like that, it's like, yeah, it's only because me and that guy over there agreed that, yeah, that, that makes yeah. like, what the fuck? And that's where so, cynical comes from. Like, the, the, uh, you got the, it. Yeah, I think we talked so, about it last time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, we have to be careful with the adverb stoic and stoicism and then the adverb cynic versus mm. cynicism. But it is okay. where it comes from, right? Um, so uh, what Diogenes did, he would, uh, he's the one, you might have heard the stories. He used to run around in the market during the day were holding, like, a lamp. And he'd run up into people's faces and be like, are oh, you yeah. an honest person? Are you a an troll. honest person? <laughs> yeah, because it's, everyone's fake. You know, he was, okay, so he was a troll, right? right? Like, even religion, he was, he would protests uh, by but his protests were funny like uh women would go pray piss, to the, piss and poop out in public right he, he used care. to piss and poop out in public but he yeah. went even further like women would be praying to the gods at the temple prostrate on the ground right so a woman bent over on the ground he'd be like well that's a nice sight he'd go behind him and masturbate out in public oh, for everyone to see shit. right to to then to then drive the conversation of how can you disrespect the gods you know what are the gods we just agreed that there's this thing you know so uh, all that to say, <laughs> yes, there is this fake construct that we live in. Uh, however, it does not mean that we need to participate in it to have a meaningful life. So the reason I bring up Diogenes is because he was far out on one side of the spectrum where he just rejected everything. He was homeless. He was living with dogs. You know, um, he, 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 he completely rejected everything in the society, but he was happy. Right. Alexander the Great, when he came to see him on one of his many visits to Diogenes, um, he said, you know, if I wasn't Alexander the Great, I should want to be Diogenes the philosopher. And Diogenes looks back at Alexander and says, well, if I wasn't Diogenes, I'd want to be Diogenes too. <laughs> <laughs> so like, he was happy, but he didn't yeah. participate in the society. Now, go uh, halfway in the middle of the spectrum where the Stoics are. So I also see this fake construct for what it is. And I very much fight every day internally to make sure I don't get caught up in it. However, I continue to choose to participate. I'm still an executive. Uh, I'm still a CPA. 
but I'm trying to change the world from the inside. I'm trying to change society from the inside by having these conversations with people, by educating people, by treating my team with respect when other, you know, my, my, my colleagues at the same level are like, you know, uh, like racing, like, like whipping dogs, trying to get their staff to work harder and harder and then have one go a little harder than the other for that promotion and uh, like almost like a subhuman treatment. So I try to lead by example by having a more democratic approach and, and, and stuff like this. So as a stoic, I choose to participate in the system knowing that it's fake. It's almost akin to playing a board game you don't want to just to help people, other players along to play that game. Yeah. And I've, I've had conversations with people about this, about if you know it's a game, it, that changes your whole mindset, just knowing right off the bat that it's a game. So you're just mm -hmm. going to play the game no matter what. You're going to enjoy it, but you know it's a game versus the other guy next to you who doesn't know it's a game. Right. And he's giving it his all. He's just And you're just like having fun. Like, dude, this is it's fucking fake, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what are you going to do with your time? You're still here. And yeah. this is where we've covered a few of the chapters in the book. Now we're talking about what the autopilot of the body wants to do, right? So we have two, two minds internally. We have the primitive mind that I refer to as the autopilot. And then we have the rational mind that has the co cognitive capacity to imagine and think and calculate. Okay. And it's this autopilot that just, it's the autopilot that runs the machine because let's not forget our bodies are biomechanical machines and like any other machine, it, it does have like an idle, like a neutral yeah. and, and we're there more often than not. Now in our current capitalist world, society, the way we live, unfortunately, we're there 99.9% .9 of the time and we're, we only have clarity very, very little, okay? And, and what stoicism is when people ask me, you know, give, what's stoicism in one sentence? It's the, it's the pursuit or the capacity of trying to use your rational mind in the here and now as much as possible. So uh, by, by, yes, I know the system is fake, but I'm still using my rational mind. So my first thought is, okay, so I am stardust. I am going to die. I can't change the system. I can't change the world. I can't do anything. No one's even going to remember my name a thousand years from now. Humanity might not even survive our species, you know, 50, uh, 5,000 years from now. Uh, but I'm here. I, I still want to do something while I'm here. So what should I do with my time? And that's where my rational mind now is thinking clearly. Now yeah. I'm free. And um, as a stoic, your goal uh, is to uh, work towards the betterment of humanity. But from inside the system, unlike our older cousins, the cynics, uh, oh. we choose to be inside the system because one, no one's going to listen to you if you're outside the system. No one's listening to the guy at times. You're, not, you're an outcast. If you're you're a pariah. Thing, yeah, yeah. I can't stand, you know, if I'm if I'm a homeless guy with a beard at Times Square going, you know, with, with a sign, holding up a sign saying, you know, the <laughs> world is coming to No one's going to listen to me. Yeah. But if I'm in a suit and I'm in a, you know, I have a, a, a respectable uh, uh, social status, which I, I don't believe in, but the listening ears that I'm trying to reach believe in, well, they're now listening to me and then they're learning and they're getting educated. And then in turn, they can then teach the next person and the next person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking to you today is really just reminding <laughs> me of how fucked up things are <laughs> <laughs> and how just how ridiculous how you're talking about it's like well why is that that well that guy over there thought the same thing 
Like, can you imagine back then? You see these wild, wild west movies where, and this is something I think about all the time. How the fuck did they know what, I don't know, Billy the Kid looked like if there was no internet back then? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> how how would you know that's him? It's like, well, I'm him. Well, couldn't that other guy down there say he was him too? And then you believe, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so fake. It's it's It just blows my mind. Yeah. So yeah. beliefs and ontology, and ontology is the branch of metaphysics dealing with the nature of being. Right. <sighs> Can we talk a little bit about that chapter? Was that in that chapter? And I I don't remember if if that's the one you talked about the duck, the the power of imagination, being humans, how you're able with the uh, the, the tesseract, I believe it was the cube. Yeah, how yeah, able, yeah. How you're able to imagine a purple duck, but you're not able to imagine a tesseract because it's not in what you would recognize, you know. Uh, regularly right as a person as a, as a regular person i knew yeah. what a tesseract was because i've seen one before right and right. i've i've looked into that stuff but it, it makes sense what you're saying we can imagine that but we know it doesn't exist right um so we're, we're covering everything at once right now which is great uh and, and by the way the tesseract chapter that out of all the all the book, the only two are published so far, but uh, out of those two books and all the articles I've written, that chapter, I received more messages about that chapter being like, bro, you just blew my mind. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and like uh, when you said like, oh, you can't realize, like I knew what it was. I was like, I know what it is. And then you're, you know, you're <laughs> going back and forth, but it, 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 it makes sense. It makes sense. And one thing that I was having a conversation with somebody, I believe it was yesterday the day before sometime this past week i did an episode where he was talking about the most dangerous thing that we have is imagination because no other animal can can do the same thing that we can right like like we're humans like we don't have long claws we don't have big sharp teeth we don't have any of that and the way we were designed it's like there are animals in the sahara and in these jungles that can eat us with their face (laughs) it's like what do we have you know what i mean it's like well we have imagination boom we have intelligence we can come up with ways to overcome that and one thing about simulacra and simulation is that uh, one thing that he talks about is that humans never lost anything to begin with because we're we're always how how you were talking about earlier how there was no there was no people to enslave here and that's we were just the leftovers as humans, since the beginning of time, we've always been taking, 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 taking. We never had anything to lose to begin with. Animals, animals have territory. They have something to lose. That's why they fight. But us as human beings, we never had anything to begin with. We just take things. Like with the whole, with the civil unrest that's happening right now in the world, in the United States, right? I'm, and, and again, I'm, I'm against police brutality. I'm against racism. I'm against all that bullshit. But... We were never, none of us were supposed to be here to begin with. The indigenous people, the Native Americans were here before us and and, and we killed them. Where's mm-hmm. their outrage? You know what I mean? It's like people don't think about that. They just think about the here and now sometimes. And that's like another thing about stoicism. It's like, do you think about the past? Right. Do you think about the future? Like, where do you, like, I want to read that book. Is Where do you draw the line? You know what I mean? Like, where where do you draw this? imaginary line of, of these boundaries if if you're even supposed to have any right you know what i mean yeah um 
look the 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 thing with imagination uh it's uh, and i cover this in in the next chapter in the book on why why we have a duality um we were pretty weak of all the human species we were at the time pretty weak when when homo sapiens came into existence and the, the first time we met were fucking beasts they were dominating and the first time we met the neanderthals we we were almost wiped out in the uh, where saudi arabia currently is in that peninsula um and you know we we escaped back into e e southern uh africa and something happened 75,000 years ago called the cognitive revolution which people don't talk about enough and uh, yes all the revolutions are important uh, the agricultural the scientific the, the whatever the industrial but the cognitive revolution is where we became the dangerous apex predator that we are today and that's when we had this capacity to imagine and have, and have cognitive capacities to think about the future, to think about the past, to imagine things. You know, um, we crossed, uh, we got to Australia. Uh, it took about 30,000 years and we crossed the ocean to get to Australia, right? From the um, Siam Peninsula, somewhere around there. And we didn't wait millions of years to evolve gills and swim. We didn't evolve back into birds. It took us no time, a couple of, couple of thousand years. And we were in Australia. Why? Because we imagined this thing, well, this floats, a log floats in the water. So what if I put a few logs? Hey, now I can stand on this log. What if I make it a little, hey, look at this. Now I can roll with this log. And we made boats and went to Australia. And that was our, our tool. We weren't stronger than the Neanderthals. We weren't faster or better. Um, you know, people often mistakenly think that we won because we invented fire. No, fire was invented before we even, like, before the, the cognitive revolution. Uh, it was long being used before we even came into existence by. Um, so the you broke up there. You are, broke are... up there a little bit, Anderson. It was we had fire. Your, I guess your internet connection. We had fire before, and then you right. Know. Okay, I'll I'll restart a little bit, then you can cut it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, cut and paste it. Um, so fire was already in use by other human species before we. Homo sapiens even came to be. So it wasn't fire that gave us the tools to win over the world. Uh, it wasn't tools. Our tools were not any better necessarily than uh, other uh, human species. It was our imagination. And with that, our capacity to communicate. Because you can't communicate. If you think about communication, it takes a lot of imagination, right? We're just making sounds right now, but we've we have this beautiful data exchange system we put in place called the English language. And you and I are, are exchanging, you know, terabytes of data of information right now. This is all thanks to imagination. So uh, what got our ancient ancestors to essentially decimate the, uh, the, the large animal yeah. population across the world, except for moose, for some reason, moose survived. They're the only ones that survived, but uh, we, we, we killed all large game and all other human species within, uh, I think, 45,000 years after the cognitive revolution. Think about that. That is not a long time for people that don't have cars, planes, <laughs> bullets, right? 45,000 years. And we, we went to every corner of the earth, killed off all large beasts, all because of imagination, nothing else. So you're right. Imagination is a very powerful tool. However, and this is where we come back to the book a little bit imagination is dangerous 
both outwardly and inwardly. Because think about this, um, anxiety, big problem in modern society, right? Big, big problem, not just in modern society, but uh, ancient Greece and Rome, that's where stoicism comes from. Uh, if we recall, if we go back to where stoicism comes from, you know, uh, back in ancient Greece, these people were living in these large cities called polis because they were so, so yeah. huge. Uh, and emperor, you know, in, in two weeks, man, you could have had three different rulers come come and take over and be like, I'm the new emperor now. You owe me allegiance. So uh, I'm saying like with the whole, <laughs> who's that guy? Well, it's, that's so-and-so. It's like, well, now I'm so-and-so. You know, it's like, it's all bullshit. <laughs> so so it, they were anxious and depressed and anxious and they came up with stoicism to help them with it. No, so, so why are we anxious? Why are you anxious about something? Uh, it could be um, money, not enough money to pay the rent at the end of the day, right? That a lot of people right now in the States are, are worried about that, right? A lot of people. It's because they can imagine the end of the month and then not being able to pay. And then they can imagine <laughs> being kicked out two weeks later, and they can imagine having to live out of their car with their two kids or what have you. So without imagination of the future, there's no fear. Because if you can't imagine an alternate reality, then what's happening now, well, you can't possibly be anxious because there's nothing to be anxious about other than what there is now. So our built-in uh, survival mechanisms that comes with this body, the biomechanical suit, that the real us exists in, that's something more. Those tools, unfortunately, today are severely outdated and they're damaging us. Okay. And, and when I say these days, I mean since about 10,000 years, it's about the agricultural revolution. Ever since we had enough time to sit around and not have to work, excuse me, for food all day long, uh, and we've had time to think about stuff other than I need to get this work done so I can fill my belly. Uh, we have become more and more anxious. And that's why you see such a rise today because with the advent of social media, we have a lot more time and ability to, to, to think about things other than I need to fill my belly. Yeah, I, I was wondering what you meant by that, by it's outdated. So uh, simple mental exercise. Uh, two ancient ancestors are sitting in the savannah, chilling, right, and taking in the desert sun, whatever. And they're, they hear a rumbling in the bush, okay? Uh, and so one of them immediately starts running. I'm out of here. And the other one goes, huh, hold on a second. I hear a rumbling in the bush. Let, let me examine this a little closer, okay? So that guy that was more calm and rational got eaten by the lion that was in the bush, Okay. The other one that ran away passed on his genes. Okay, we hear about this fight or flight or or, or um, now now it's three of them, right? You either run, you freeze, oh, fight, freeze, or flight. Uh, we really? hear about this all the time. <laughs> yeah, that, I didn't, I didn't hear about that update. Um, it's it, it, we have always been more pessimistic. We are born pessimists. We're born to be anxious and depressed. Because uh, another example is, you know, the guy that was a little bit more, uh, you know, jumpy, uh, was uh, a little extra OCD and was worried about the winter. So we put an extra bag of grain in the attic for that winter. Well, that freak winter that lasted extra long, his family survived. So, you know, his genes got passed on. Uh, does it mean that, you know, uh, mavericks out there and risk takers didn't survive? Yeah, of course they did. But if you take a large enough sample size Statistics, over yeah. thousands of generations, we got passed down 
shittier and shitty i'm sorry can i say that on the spot yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um say whatever uh, the fuck you want man. <laughs> <laughs> i try honestly i've been trying not to swear as much so. uh uh so, side note i gotta tell this to you so so my trick is if anybody else out there wants to learn uh to not swear as much learn how to swear in different languages obscure languages and then nobody knows what you're saying really? that's what i've been doing yeah uh so uh when i say outdated uh that's what i mean are uh, so emotions are all part of the body they are not part of our rational minds, okay? Uh, because emotions are there to help guide decisions. When you're happy, you're sad, you're aroused, you're whatever, you're afraid, you run away. You know, emotions are there uh, as, as heuristics to make the, the, the body help make quick decisions, okay? Um, uh, pessimism, anxiety, these are things that were passed on to help us survive in the past. But today, we're, you know, we have an abundance abundance of food and security uh yes there are people out there still dying from hunger but not because we don't have enough food it's because it's being distributed really disproportionately not enough money man people die because they don't fucking have money to buy things or whatever other you know what i mean it's like what i'm telling <laughs> but the you. money the money's there it's just going to the same affluent one percent yeah 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 it's fucked it's and, fucked. and that's it's what i mean fucked. you know um so that's what i mean by outdated if that helps clarify it so we don't yeah, need was, emotions anymore yeah when, when i was listening to it, i was like outdated what does he mean by that it's like <laughs> it's, it's not an old computer program and it is and, it is though you actually that's a really great analogy because if the body is a computer and the pre-coded uh, uh, software within yeah. that came with the body that was great, you know, 30,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we, we're, so we're trying to run uh, on an age of social media with Windows 98, you know? I got you, I got you, yeah. And that, the, the emotions that you're talking about, and we, you talked about the, the, what is it, the autonomous system, the things that we have to, uh, how you talked about in the book about having to think every day to breathe, Imagine if you had to, hey, I'm going to take a breath now. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to exhale. And all these things that we automatically do, does that fall into that? Because you also talked about how we all have these these primitive instincts of of what you're saying. When we're about to get hit, we put our hands up. We put our arms up. We we close it. We clench our eyes, close it. We see something coming towards our face to protect ourselves. And that's just an instinct that we all have Uh, from the very beginning you know what i mean it, that falls all under that same same uh thing exactly. right yep exactly you got it uh, so there's uh you know the body again this vessel uh comes with pre-coded uh software but it's at two levels at the physical and the mental so at the physical level those are good examples right everybody i mean everybody uh puts their arms up when something flies towards them because it shelters your vital organs Okay, but we don't do this because we all went to some type of boot camp when we were kids to yeah. say, okay, you know, step one. No, uh, so these these uh, systems also happen on the because uh, uh, so on the physical level and also on the mental level. And in this book, uh, I'm trying to cover the mental side because we spend so much time worrying about the body and no time worrying about the mind. Yeah, uh, and and that's why you know when I was talking about tomato and tomatoism. Uh, so I have a chapter called spirituality. It's a thing you should do it. Uh, you know, I don't mean spirituality as in, uh, you know, put on a robe and say, you know, 12 Hail Marys or whatever it is. Um, I mean, we know there's a something more. Take care of this something more because that is you. That is you. And taking care of this thing and making it stronger 
is what spirituality is. You can call it whatever you want, you know. Uh, if, this, if, if we call this something more inside tomato, then this becomes tomatoism. Yeah, and the you talked about that that master that that still even even at the level that he's at would still meditate for hours and hours every day because Dalai Lama, yeah, taking care of that that uh, nurturing it and just keep it alive because it's like how you said it's it's what makes you you right yeah yeah and we're fighting a losing battle the mind uh, our real cells are a very small part of what happens in our brain because. Uh, biologically speaking, uh, whatever the consciousness is, we don't know exactly what it is. We don't even know if it's in the brain. We know it's in the neurons, but our neurons, you know, go into the stomach as well. So is our consciousness in our stomach? You know, maybe that's where you get gut feelings from. It's a very real possibility. Yeah. But it's, it's if you look at just, again, as a machine, it's a very tiny part of the body that uses consciousness, that, 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 that's involved in consciousness. Uh, and for survival, for physical survival, um, so let me take that back in, in, in for our ancient ancestors to survive until, you know, recently when, when we're able to have these conversations, all they needed to worry about was the body surviving like animals. It's only now that we have this cognitive capacity to think in these crazy, awesome ways, but the computer we're trying to work in is so outdated so uh this is where you know theoretical physics comes from this is another example of how we're and and that's where the tesseract example comes from we yeah. can imagine things in in four dimensions but we can't see it we can't really explain it because we can't you know our, our animal brain the machine can't understand what four dimensions it is um and the example i use in the book is um it's like a two, imagine the confusion of a two-dimensional world. If, yeah. you, if you imagine on a piece of paper, it's just circles and squares that are living, moving around each other. They can never look at each other from on top. They can only tell the shape by going around the other object, right? And then if you imagine something random, like an apple going through this two-dimensional world, all they're going to see is the cross-section of the apple as it goes through this plane. Can you imagine what a mindfuck that must be for those two-dimensional things trying to figure out like what First of all, where did this come from? Because there's no up or down. In their world, everything comes in from the sides. Fucking alien. It just appears, got yeah. bigger, got weird shape, and then disappeared. Like, what the hell? But for a, for a being like us that can see in three dimensions, it's absolutely normal. And we know that we're, you know, now science has proven right, there's 11 dimensions. Like, we, just, we know we don't have the capacity to see what's out there. And we're talking about reality. We can question reality on so many levels, one of which is we just physically can't see what's out there. Our, our, our eyes are not made. Our eyes can only pick up a very tiny spectrum. Point zero, zero, two, five. Yeah. Right. Uh, of, of photons bouncing off of other shit and into our eyes. But there's there literally this is how there could be literally other things right in front of our face. But we wouldn't be able to see it. But this is a whole rabbit hole. I could do 10 episodes with you on this stuff. I mean, that, that's the one that literally further down the rabbit hole. Is yeah. that any of it real? <laughs> and so let me and tell me if I'm understanding this right, because I, I want to I want to grasp this. <clears throat> the reason that our bodies are still focused on what you're saying, like our, our ancestors, they were only focused on surviving. So that's what you mean by it's out day, because we're still in that la that back then of holy shit, I might die from whatever is coming. Yep. I'm not thinking about my imagination and coming up with all these other ideas. But now, since that thing is not dangerous to us anymore, yep. we have 
more free time to sit down, relax, and think about it versus our ancestors that they were just focused on how you're saying, preserving the body, not dying, because there's little things out here with their face that can fucking eat me. You know what I mean? Like you got that, it, man. That's so crazy. I know, you know, these are subjects that I, I sometimes you think you really know about them because you've like talked about them before but when you actually start to put analogies and start to analyze things how there's how they're how they are you go maybe i didn't really know as much as i thought i did right it's like and everything starts to make a little bit more sense Mm -hmm. i I love these type of conversations the more my island of knowledge grows the more my shore of ignorance does as well uh we know very little and the more we learn the more we realize how little we know uh, yeah. my personal journey, this, this is what drives me now. This is why I, I, I keep learning. I haven't stopped because this is interesting. This, uh, this is why I can talk about like, you know, you say one thing and I'm like, Oh, I got five stories. I can tell you, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm still on chapter three, chapter four. What is the inner duality really? And, and is that the one where you talked about what if it's just, cause I have this, this, I, obviously it's nihilism but i have this nihilistic side of me sometimes that comes out and this is my dual my 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 dualism coming out where sometimes i think about something right we're talking about religion we're talking about consciousness we're talking about other dimensions other realms of of what we cannot see and and all this stuff and i go what if none of this fucking even matters what if this is just the way it is what if at the end of the day when we die there is no heaven, there is no hell, there is no nothing, and you just die, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then I start to actually look around. It's like, well, maybe there is more. To you take fucking mushrooms, and you go, okay, well, there's more to life than meets the eye type of thing. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like it's like you can't but, – but I have that side of me that thinks about that. Like maybe none of this matters, and we're just here and to live, and, and that's it, you know? Right. So much like standing on the edge of the cliff and wondering, uh, what if I just jump? It would end it all. Uh, a, nihil- a nihilistic view is clarity of mind because it's accepting reality. You are no longer hiding behind a veil of illusion. You're you're seeing things for what it is. And the starting point for um, stoicism or cynicism is nihilism. You have to accept mm-hmm. that we are stardust. We don't matter. Uh, most of the mistakes we've made as a species and are still making is because we're way too egocentric. We believe we're hot shit when we're really, yeah. really not as a species. And then even within the species, you know, there's been 100 billion human being homo sapiens that ever existed. What makes me so special out of the 100 billion? Nothing. And then you consider, you know, we so we're talking about uh, reality and how we see it. Uh, one of the exercises was, uh, I do is uh, everything is made of matter. We know this. Everything is made of atoms and, and quartz and whatever. And so where did my carbon come from? <laughs> other animals and human beings that were here before me. I am literally made of other people and stuff and animals and, and things. Uh, I'm connected to them through time. And we know, you know, space. Now we're going to get really trippy, but we know uh, uh, there's no such thing as time. There's no yeah. such thing as space. It's just how we perceive it. Or, yeah. you know, our, our species perceives it. Uh, so if I'm connected to other living things through time, uh, 
what am I, what is this on, on the plane of space time? It's just one big blob of matter in motion. We're just like a, it all, it all like a lava all lamp, you know? <laughs> it all, so, it all happened all at the same time. I have a buddy of mine that sucks at texting me back and I'll text him today. He'll text me back two weeks later and he'll, and we'll continue the conversation. I go, bro, I fucking sent you that two weeks ago. He goes, what does it matter today? tomorrow it already happened and i'm like damn bro you, you don't have to do me like that but it's true it's true and i've, and I've talked about this how, how you you know we talked about earlier the, the, this construct that we're in this 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 bullshit because even time itself uh, scaligarian chronology which is the guy that made the ad and bc system and all this guy you know that that's something that's man-made yep. how, how can we really trust it you know what I mean? if man is imperfect we can't uh, we, we can't we can't, we can't. And, and a perfect example i love using is newtonian uh physics right uh, uh, uh the the laws that govern the motion of objects okay and we still teach this in school right uh it's wrong and we know it's wrong because albert einstein proved that <laughs> newton was wrong just flat out wrong uh, we don't use Newtonian equations to send satellites to Mars or even satellites in orbit. We use the theory of general relativity to make sure that they stay in orbit. Otherwise, they would fall out of orbit. And so what's the difference between the two without getting too much into it? Uh, Newton was, again, very egocentric. And he saw everything from a point in, in space and time emanating from where he stands. Oh. Einstein did not. This is why objects are always falling towards each other in Einstein's uh, idea of general relativity. Newton never even conceived of the earth falling towards the apple, right? Because he never, no, earth is at the center and apple falls towards the earth. So uh, to your point, you know, we're, we're, the way we think, we're starting with a handicap right off the bat. And only now, with uh and now again i'm referring to the past let's say five thousand years have we started really thinking looking up at the sky beyond what's in front of our feet just trying to get food so uh only in modern times and again i refer to modern times like the past five to ten thousand years have we come to a point where our something more inside our cognitive capacities are operating at such a high level so far beyond what the body can keep up with. And that's where this dichotomy inside comes from. And this is the duality within. This is what the duality is. It's the body that has survived for, you know, through billions of years of evolution, okay? And, and it's a marvelous thing, the, the human body, right? But it's, it's a, it's a deaf, dumb, mute clod compared to what my rational capacity is able to yeah. do now, right? It's a bumbling idiot. And my brain is, uh, you know, Stephen Hawking and Einstein had a baby and it's operating at that level. So that's where that this duality is. That's so interesting, right? How how we're so limited. Yeah. Because of our this 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 meat sack that yeah. that just and, and I <laughs> it's like what I told you, it's that's why psychedelics are interest me so much because that's the brain is making you see these things because of a substance. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say like when you, you know, if, if you don't think anything is real, just take a high dose of psilocybin and, and tell me that, you know, you'll, you'll meet God and you'll be like, okay, there's something more to this <laughs> that meets the eye because, because of something that I took that I wouldn't normally see 
with my eyes sober, you take something and, and you see all these other things. It's like, why does that happen? How, how are the, all these things? But we're so limited how you're talking about our, our, I forgot what person was talking about that our, it was, there was this physicist, I believe, that he was saying that the question was, is our brain a quantum computer, mm-hmm. you know, on that level? Because how you're saying we can picture all these things, imagine all these things. And at the same time, we can't do anything about it. And it just makes you think about what 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 more, you know, to life is there than 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 just this, the 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 physical you know what i mean like that's something i think about all the fucking time and and this is it's it's great to think about these things and you know uh we we never finished up on the nihilism so when you're when you realize how insignificant we are any which way you slice it up uh the next step then is either you kill yourself or you say okay well no i am here and i might as well do something okay this is what albert camus was known for he said there's only one question in philosophy just one that needs to be answered and it is this do i commit suicide or not seriously okay. and, and, who was yeah, that albert camus and this so is fucked up no but see <laughs> this is what he was referring to is first you realize how insignificant life is and it's depressing right and then you see where we live and you see how worthless it is all and why 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 do we even bother with all this bs right but then but what do you do do you really just you know, uh, Epictetus said so, says so many times, if ever you're, you're done and you feel like you can't tolerate it anymore, the exit is no further than your wrists. Just slip your wrists and you're gone, right? But there, was a don't. F- there was a few, f- well, there, which was the one that was forced to suicide himself? I forgot his name. <laughs> a bunch of us, unfortunately, but the most famous <laughs> two are uh, Seneca, uh, Seneca and Socrates. Yeah, Sen- I think Seneca was the one that took the poison. Yeah, hemlock, and, and then it was and, taking too long, so he slid yeah. his wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck man, that's yeah. crazy. No, Stoics. Don't forget, because as Stoics, we were trying to fight the system from the inside. Uh, back in the day, they were a lot of more persecuted or yeah. deaded or or exiled or whatever. Uh, but but anyways, just to finish up here quickly, not to get too somber. Uh, for the most part, you know, of course, there's mental health. That's a, that's a whole other thing we'll talk about. But generally speaking. We don't just take the exit because we want to do something. The big mistake, however, we do is we focus this energy in the wrong places. And this yeah. is where stoicism comes in and says, okay, fine, fair enough, nihilism, and can't change the way things are. But, you know, I can make life a little better for the people around me, and I can, uh, I can better humanity. How do you better humanity? That becomes subjective. Personally, my, my crusade in life has become, since... Uh, past decade and for the rest of my life is the pursuit and sharing of knowledge. And here's why. Um, we're talking about, you know, money, how we all pursue money. Okay. What do you do? You work hard, you make money, you leave it to your kids. All right. So here's my logic. Uh, if I make a dollar, one unit of money, I can give that one unit of money to someone, right. And make them happy. But if I acquire one unit of knowledge, okay. I can share that one unit of knowledge with someone it's not giving it's sharing because i still have that knowledge and now it's doubled as a species and then they're able to share that knowledge with other people and then they're able to share that knowledge with other people and it continues to infinitum to perpetuity through the generations so i'm not here trying to make an impact by uh, people will remember me because i you know they're sharing my ideas no 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 i just want to share the knowledge i'm accumulating and i'm accumulating knowledge 
to share it. And that's how I choose to better uh, humanity. So as a stoic, yep, I am worthless. My life is not meaningful, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, as it is. Uh, I find meaning in trying to make the world a better place. And that's by following the virtues too, right? That we talked about yeah. last time. This, every, there's there's steps to it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's that's beautiful, man. I love I love that. I love that. And we have here. Let's jump to the real you. I believe we talked about that. That no matter is that the one where no matter how old you are, at the end of the day, yeah, you're still the same person, even if you age. Yeah, and it, you're, you're you're still you. You know what makes you at the end of the day. So we have here. Um, so recognizing who's in control is the next one. Yeah, recognizing uh, who's in control. So when when we get to the point where we, because the first half of the book, it's it's a wake up call. It's like, hey, you know, you do have two voices inside, and and most people you're not schizophrenic. You just you're not <laughs> schizo. It's normal, and most people are aware of it. They just never really distinguish them. But when you're able to associate a lot of anxieties to one side and then a lot of things that bring you lasting joy and happiness on the other side, uh, you're like, well, I want to be this guy more. I, I don't want to be the one that, you know, tries to drive a guy off the road and pick a fight with him because he cut me off in the lane. I want to be the guy that's like, well, OK, fine, that happened. Moving along. Uh, and so recognizing who is in control becomes the next challenge because Let's not forget, again, we're, we're these, these machines have been operating great uh, for, for generations, these vessels that we live in, the thing we call the body. Our brains have these things called heuristics that are, allow you to make quick decisions, okay? Um, because you can't be thinking all the time. It would be exhausting. You'd have headaches all the time. And uh, let's not forget the brain uses 20% of our caloric intake. Then you'd have to like quintuple your caloric intake for the day, which means you have to work more for food. And it's just, it's not efficient. Nature is lazy. And so for the most part, the body works on this autopilot, these heuristics. Uh, example of heuristics is uh, flinching again, right? You don't think about it, you just do it. Another example is uh, imagine you're in a crowded room okay, you're in, and you're talking with someone. All of a sudden, uh, there's a, a shout on the other end of the room. Somebody's having an argument or something even though you're talking to this person, immediately your brain goes to that conversation. And you can try and be polite and keep eye contact with this person, keep nodding your head like, yeah, yeah, I'm listening to you. But really, your ears are now listening to the commotion over there because you're sensing danger, perhaps. Do I need to start running, right? So this is, again, your body's automated systems kicking in. Um, this is what we have to fight against if we want to be better rational people. Because that brain... I'm not saying it's a bad brain. It's just been taught the wrong things because of bad conditioning. So the more we can think with our rational mind and actually do like at that party example to get back to the conversation as quickly as possible, because it's just a commotion. I mean, I'm not going to watch. It's like watching, you know, reality TV. I, I don't care about that. I'd rather focus on my conversation here with uh, Juan. This is what's important to me. Um, so the more acts you do like that in the present moment, the more your heuristics adjust themselves as, okay, this is the new norm. And then the better you become at doing that. So this is why through, you know, practice of virtue over time, you become more virtuous as, as your de facto uh, uh, engine, as a de facto server. Let's not forget that we are decrepit beasts, but against our will, right? Plato said this, Socrates said this, uh, and the Stoics say this, we are all decrepit. 
but against our will. We don't want to be bad. We all want to be better. Uh, and we all pursue this betterment to varying degrees. So the body is not inherently bad. It's just been taught the wrong things. And we have to slowly, day by day, exercise by exercise, teach it to be a little better. That is going to take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifelong thing. There's no end. Uh, you know, the sage doesn't exist. We can never be perfect, ever, because we exist in these bodies. Until Elon Musk figures out a way to put our brains into a machine, yeah. we're always going to have emotions so we can never, ever be perfect. It's a, it's a continuous pursuit. And, that, and that's what I loved about Plato's The Republic, because the philosopher king is such a good concept. It's such a good thing, because if you really look at the way the system is set up today, yeah. so many interests so many conflicts of interest and all this stuff and these people that are in there they don't give a fuck other than than them about themselves mm -hmm. but you take what plato wanted to do and that changes everything because those people have nothing to gain and nothing to lose so yep. Yep, yep. that's their sole purpose in life to just do that and that's that would be amazing that would be great but unfortunately, you you got to be careful saying that, though, with the American flag behind you, because that takes away voting. Right? <laughs> hey, the reason I got this because I got guns, man. I love my Second Amendment. And that's the, <laughs> right. That is probably the only reason, because everything else, like I said, dude, I don't vote. And and I talk about this shit all the time on my on my podcast. I don't vote. I've always said the system is fucked. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm prepared for that that tyranny if they were ever to try and and, and you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm prepared for. Sure. I'm I'm I stay in my lane. I do my own thing as long as you don't hurt. You know, I've got a few rules in life. As long as you don't hurt children, do your own fucking thing. Whatever you want to do behind closed doors or, or however you are, whoever you are, I respect that. As long as you don't push your ideology on people and as long as you don't hurt children, mm -hmm. you're good with me. When you cross one of those two lines, then that's when we have a problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, it's it, this is also very interesting and in, in how you're saying and to be able to tweak that 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 subconscious feeling, I kind of feel it's hard nowadays because you know one example obviously it's 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 different, but with the way society is nowadays, and you do hear that commotion over there, how it is now it, it might be like a like somebody <laughs> committing a mass shooting or something, and it's like if you were to like tune out, you know what I mean like if you were to just to turn that off completely, you're just still having a conversation with the person. While that guy, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's an exception to the rule. It's like, you have to be able to recognize the, the real well, danger. Mean, it's, it's not, it's not the exception. Let's not forget. What I'm saying is our default is that we're going to look. Yeah. We yeah. just have to look away faster and quicker, <laughs> but that's what it comes down to. Marcus Aurelius. I love this, uh, you know, uh, quote, he says, uh, it's okay that you fall off. Just get back to yourself as quickly as possible. Like, we're not perfect. You remember the analogy of the Stoic drowning man? Um, so we're all drowning in this murky water. That's our this virtue. We're all decrepit. Because the, the starting point of Stoicism oh, yeah. is that we're all just bad uh, mm -hmm. against our will. We can be better. And we're all in this murky water of uh, baseness. And we're trying to swim to the surface to smell that fresh air of virtue, right? But we can never get there. We're, we, it's, it's like a horizon. You can go at it as hard as you can. You're never going to get there. Um, a sage is, is as mythical as a phoenix, okay? Uh, we're, we, all we can do is try and get closer, and we have to accept that we can't get there. This is very important because we can't get discouraged 
that, uh, you know, I, I got upset and I lost my temper. I still get emotional. I still get, and sometimes I respond with emotion. Other times I don't. Uh, do I respond less with emotion than I did five years ago? Absolutely. Uh, but I'm still far from perfect. And, and we can have this conversation, you know, 50 years from now. And I'll still say, yeah, I'm going to, sometimes I respond with emotion. And that's just responding with emotion. Let's not forget that we're always going to have emotions, right? Being rational is not, being virtuous is not the lack of emotion. It's the capacity to be rational in the face of emotions. Yeah. And, and that's the one where you talk about if somebody cuts you off, it, it was just an action. It wasn't that there was evil intent behind it mm -hmm. and just to learn to let go and don't, don't get angry. But mm -hmm. what you're saying is it's okay to get angry, but just get back to normal quicker. Yeah. Like because whole, you can't help it. Focus. Uh, you know, it's okay to look okay, but come back, you know, come back and, and in tune with yourself. I, I was going to say something and I forgot. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes uh, we talked about the spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's a thing and you should do it about further nurturing that that thing that makes you who you are, because obviously we know that there's something more. What is that? The soul consciousness, whatever it may be. We don't know, but it's there. And then find your mind's eye and cultivate it. Right. So the mind's eye is uh, clarity of of, of mind, you know, uh, some Eastern uh, uh, philosophies and religion referred to refer to this as the third eye, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, you might have known, I like to play with my chapter titles sometimes, but all I'm referring to here is uh, that clarity of thought. Um, I personally am a big advocate of uh, Zenful meditation that uh, I didn't used to be able to do that. Um, when I first started my journey, because that's the first thing that people say, ah, you got to meditate, bro. Okay, let's try it. And I couldn't, I couldn't quiet my mind. I'm like, you guys are all, this bullshit. You're lying. There's no such thing. <laughs> no, there's uh, not, man. <laughs> no, but, but I, I, so I started the stoic meditation. And uh, because I was able to organize my thoughts over time, I was able to then meditate zenfully. And I do have what I call my inner citadel, a term I stole from, uh, the emperor himself, Marcus Aurelius, is when you're at that place inside your ruling faculty where uh, you hear your emotions, you feel your senses, but you respond to none of them and you're only operating with your rational mind. That's where we try to get to. Now, we can do that while writing in our journal. That's fairly easy because if you put pen to paper, it is impossible not to use your rational mind. This is why journaling is such a, uh, this is why Stoics call that meditation and this is why it's such a powerful tool. Um, however, if you can get there while you're awake, and this is something, Juan, I only got to this year, and it's because of the pandemic, because it pushed me so far that I was actually able to get to my inner citadel while out and about and awake and operating. And, and it's fantastic. Uh, before I used to only get there through Zenful meditation where I would reflect internally and uh, you know get to that spot where I'm untouchable. Anything could be happening and I'm, I'm untouchable because ultimately we know that nobody can get inside our squishy bits and make us think something or do something. We know it, but we're like, well, whatever. I still, you know, I get annoyed. I get annoyed. I get annoyed. Uh, or, or, you know, someone chops my arm off. It's going to hurt. But if you can get to that place and stay there, then you could truly be free. And that's what I'm trying to get to uh, as often as possible.
but we can't we can't be there all the time because again we're fallible right yeah. so this is what this whole chapter is about it's finding that place inside finding your inner citadel where you're untouchable uh because if you operate your ruling faculty from that command commanding post you're virtuous no matter what's happening around you yeah and that that's very hard i think we talked about that in the episode we did before that, that i found it so difficult mm -hmm. to be able to just let go and i and i do sensory deprivation and i can i can tell you it's like when you're in there it's just you and your thoughts and my wife was telling me like how do you like what do you think about what do you do and i go you just try and let go because like you know mm -hmm. the first 30 minutes is you just your mind just going everywhere and all this stuff and that's why I'm not a big fan of audiobooks. How you're talking about about journaling because you have to be focused on that. Yeah. I don't like audiobooks because of that because I can wander. I'm doing stuff. I'm I'm focusing on other things and I'm not focusing on the message on of the of the you know what I mean like I I it's cuz you're on your autopilot when you're listening to an audiobook. You're not yeah. using your rational mind. But when you read, you have a better chance of engaging your rational mind. Yeah. doesn't mean you will, because I, I'm sure it happens to other oh, people yeah. too. So many times I'm reading something and only three pages later, I'm like, <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, and I'm honest with back. myself. I'll go back. Yeah. 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 No, that's another thing is you'll just start thinking. I go, damn, I didn't. I got to go back and start reading. <laughs> it, man, human, being a human is so, it's so trippy. And like, it is. Once, once you start really thinking about it, it's. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, so managing your inner relationship, chapter 13. Right. Uh, and, and again, uh, one of the reasons I love stoicism, it never tells you, like, don't feel emotions, ignore it, you know, like water off a duck's back. It's like, nah, man, I feel angry. I feel angry. Like, what, what's you telling me not to feel angry makes me angrier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's about managing. Managing is the keyword not controlling not suppressing not not ignoring um so this autopilot <laughs> i like to refer to it as the annoying roommate you can't get rid of him but he's there you know mumbling some random crap at you I'm like yeah yeah okay buddy i'm just gonna hear some cheetos go sit on the court uh we can't get rid of him so we have to learn a way to live together okay uh because if they get in a fight and they go into each other's rooms let's say uh, it's never going to be my rational mind that's in control. It's always going to be the autopilot because it's its default state. Yeah. So uh, that chapter is all about figuring out how the two can coexist. And most importantly, how you keep the uh, primitive mind, the body's mind, the, 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 the autopilot outside of the ruling faculty uh, when it matters. Because let's be honest, again, we can't be on all the time. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not rational all the time. No, no way. Uh, for this conversation, I've been rational with my mind plugged in for pretty much 80% of it, right? I still get distracted because something popped up on the screen and I'm like, derp, derp, derp. But uh, yeah. I, I'm plugged in right now because this is this is important, right? But uh, after this, I'm going to go down and, and watch the last episode of The Boys to finish, you know, season two, just to... Just to, to disconnect. Know, to disconnect, exactly. So uh, it's about managing the two voices inside to, to how to best live your day, but not about suppressing one or ignoring the other. Yeah, that, 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 that makes good sense. And then we have the last chapter, a few more tools. Right. So here I had, it was just like some random stuff I had left over to, to whoops, my bad. 
Oh, were you playing the audiobook? Yeah, no, I accidentally clicked it. That's okay. <laughs> you can play Jason's voice for your, your listeners if you want. <laughs> He's great, by the way, uh, for your listeners. Jason Zenobia, he does a great reading of the books. Uh, really good guy. You should do uh, one, bro. You, you have a soothing voice. Thank you. It's it's not that I can't. It's it's time. I don't have the time. And if it wasn't for Jason, I there would be no audiobooks. So when I weighed wow. the benefits, uh, the pros and cons, I'm like, better to have better to have a uh, audiobooks out there now. And in the future, hopefully, if ever I can do this full time, because right now this is all in my spare time, right? Yeah. Uh, which I have a lot of right now. But uh, later on in life, if or closer, you know, if I can do this full time, I'd love to read my own books. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Uh, I would really enjoy that. Uh, so the the few extra tools we actually kind of spoke about them. Uh, so journaling, journaling is super important. Uh, I write every day, multiple times a day. I rec it's the first thing I recommend to people when they ask me what should I do. Um, you cannot, and it can't be on the computer. It has to be pen to paper. Really? Because, yeah, because muscle memory. You can type on a keyboard without thinking. But pen to paper, you cannot write without triggering your rational mind. Even if you're emotional, you know, uh, some days early on in my journaling, because I, I keep my pages, right? And I go back to the very early days, right? And some pages are just like, fuck, 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 you know, just angry, angry, angry. But it was still my rational mind that was frustrated in there. It wasn't that I was angry wanting to pick a fight with someone it was my rational mind inside that was angry like this is not okay I, I i want out i want something better i want something more so you can be emotional uh through your rational mind right um uh but you can't write without triggering your rational mind so journaling super super important uh another thing i recommend is um having daily goals okay i uh we could die any day. Okay. And if someone were to tell you, you got 24 hours to live, what would you do? Name five things. Uh, think about it. Take, take half an hour. But what are five things you do within 24 hours before you check out? Those are all things usually that you don't need money for. Usually it's just things that are like, you know, hug my children, uh, call my parents, you know, take a walk by the rivers, yeah, appreciate nature, whatever it is. Uh, and then do those every day because that's what that's what your soul needs your rational mind needs your 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 something more inside that's what it needs to be happy not to build a dynasty over 30 years or to pay off the mortgage you know over 25 years or get that promotion you know because you worked a little harder than what's his face uh, it's those little things that your inside wants so make a list and actively pursuing, which brings us to another point, uh, actively pursuing goals. When we journal uh, or when we evaluate ourselves, we tend to sit around at the end of the day, right? And we'll think through our day and we'll go, okay, so what did I do today? Did I do this? Okay, so that was good. That wasn't so great. Maybe I can, you know, I should do this differently, right? That's how we evaluate ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's already passed. Time is already gone. So what I do and what I recommend is look at this halfway through the day. Look at your list halfway through the day, whatever it is you wanted to accomplish. And then if you've already done two of the items on the list, great. But for the other three, now you have a whole half a day left to actively pursue it. Not, well, I'll get around to it after work and we'll see. No, 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 no. It becomes a priority. I'm, one of my things is to make somebody laugh out loud. Okay. Like, like really laugh out loud. Not just like, ha ha. You know? 
And, and so I'll actively pursue that if I haven't done that yet. I will look for an opportunity to be uh, kind, to go out of my way to do something. So actively pursuing goals is very important. Uh, last one, you know, we spoke about it a little bit, is meditation, zenful meditation. But what I recommend people, because I don't know about you, but I personally don't have half an hour I can carve out of my schedule to find a quiet enough place to sit around in to meditate, right? I got kids, I got dogs, I got cell phone, I got this, that, and the other. That's why uh, I step in a tank. It's, yeah, so <laughs> you have the tank, so that's you know that works for you. Uh, uh, but what I recommend is uh, micro meditation. If you can go to your inner citadel for sixty seconds, bro, that's sixty seconds more than you would have otherwise. So do it. I do it. Do it in the shower. Do it when you get in the car before you drive off. Do it in the elevator. 30 seconds, that's 30 seconds more and 30 seconds of training so that next time it's easier to get there. And uh, through micro meditations, I was only able to get to do like proper meditations, but it's through micro meditation that I got so good at going to my inner citadel. So I, I share my personal citadel. It's, it's a bridge. I'm standing on a bridge on top of a river, you know, uh, and the river is time and everything comes and goes. So whatever I'm feeling, it's going to pass. This too shall pass. I guess it's, that's my imagery that I use. And when I first started, I couldn't get there. Then I got there maybe after like 10 minutes of trying and I could only stay focused for like five seconds. But then through micro meditation, I can get there no problem uh, with people around me, uh, with, with kids running around. I can close my eyes and, and, and jump there. And that's how I was able to then do it in real time. So throughout our conversation, I tried to remain there with my uh you know uh, my my guides at my side if you will um uh, to help guide my conversation uh so micro meditation a super great tool yeah and and what you're talking about just that would really fuck me up five things that i would do before you die yeah that's uh i don't i don't know what i would do but that's something to think about and what alan watts talks about though it's the eternal now doesn't matter what already passed. Doesn't matter what's gonna come. There is no past. There is no future. It's only the eternal now, right now, always, and that's that's beautiful. Yeah. So Anderson, I, I love your message, man. I, I love having these conversations with you. I've had so much fun today, and hopefully, do you have a date of when your next book's coming out? Like do you. Yeah, yeah. So it's already available for pre-order. It's uh, going to be released latest November 24th. Um, but it should all be done before the end of October, including the audiobook, the Kindle, the paperback. But right now you can actually buy the Kindle version uh, pre-order. Uh, I think Amazon offers a discount for pre-orders. Yeah, um, they do, I think. But uh, yeah, it's out there. Your dichotomy of control. It's all about using, you know, the, the book starts with time is limited, very, very limited. Uh, so we should, any sane person would want to control the, the heck out of their world, right? Why would you want to waste any of this very, very precious time? Whatever your, your ends, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you're going to want to control it with like a sense of urgency. And it's all about that. How can we control our world? And I know, uh, you know, the stoic guy that's like, Hey man, you know, there, there is no controlling stuff. I'm saying <laughs> you should control your world. Well, I spend the first part of the book defining what your world is and what you can control. And I make the distinction between what you can't control, pursuit of money and, st uh, and stuff like that. You know, not, not pursuit of money, but um, 
you know, the guy that cuts you off in traffic or, yeah. or, or whatever, these things you can't control. Any amount of time we waste on those is waste of resources. And so let's focus on what we can control with 100% certainty of outcome, which is our judgments and intentions for actions. And let's try and make better use of those. So that's the general premise of the book. That's awesome. Yeah, once that comes out, I'll go ahead and read it and then we can link back up and talk about that because that does sound very interesting. And I think it'll shine some light on some of the issues I'm having maybe. And I'll try and practice and do some some exercises to what I mentioned to you before the podcast about centering and organizing your thoughts and maybe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just to, to, to get a sense of direction. Right. Cause I think, I think everybody, regardless of who the fuck you are, I think everybody needs that. There's a lot of people here who just wander about life doing God knows what. And it's like, when are you going to, you know, come together and, and, and organize yourself? Well, but, Frederick, Frederick Nietzsche said that he who has a why can deal with any how. So find your purpose in life. And and in yeah. my first book, you know, this is what I discuss is everybody has their own unique purpose. Nobody can tell you what your purpose is. Not your parents, not your church, not your spouse or kids or whatever. Uh, and once you find that purpose, uh, life becomes a lot easier, my friend. Yeah. And one more time for the listeners, where can they find your work? And I'll post that in the description as well. Uh, any websites or any social media? I know you're on Instagram now, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's thanks to my uh, my my wife. She got me an Instagram and Facebook, and my daughter's doing my TikTok stuff. So it's a, it's a family affair. <laughs> um, so my work, the core of my work, my articles, podcasts, um, I centralize them under the Stoicism for a Better Life banner on Patreon.com/slash Anderson Silver. Uh, all the content is free. Uh, go and check it out. Um, and then the books, you can find them. Anywhere, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, your local bookstore, uh, uh, Audible, Google Play, you'll find it. Just look it up. Right on, and like always, I'll post that in the description. And I want to thank you again, Anderson, for taking time out of your day to talk to me. And I love having these conversations, especially with somebody who, like I told you, I, I want to learn and constantly keep learning how you're talking about and and that sage. We have to keep finding it. So I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much, Anderson. Cool. Thank you, man. Hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.